and welcome to We Got a Podcast, a podcast normally about Dragon Ball. From Nerve to Casper to Asuka, we're going to cover it all. My name's Ken. And I'm Randy. I didn't think of a fun name. I really should No have, special thing. Oh, could the viewers, it's what they demand. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm first children Randy. First, How's there that? you go. That's good. So you're like the reincarnation of, of who? Which, oh, uh, oh. just pick any god or biblical figure. Yes, yeah, sure, we're, I could. We're good. Kronos. Kronos? Okay, I don't even know. Not biblical, is. but, you Not know. biblical, yeah. yeah. So, this podcast originated with uh, Randy and I both, we, we, we talk about on the podcast, the, our normal Dragon Ball podcast that we do, how our mm-hmm. Dragon Ball is our favorite franchise in the world, right? But I think if you were to pin me down and say, what is your favorite anime? I'm saying it's Neon Genesis Evangelion. And I would have to completely agree. Yeah, I think wholesale Dragon Ball has more to love to it. But I think if you're talking about like it's just a singular product um, and then the several movies that follow afterwards, I think that all as a collective is like pure potency, my favorite anime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So minute to minute, like if you condensed it, distilled this anime, like there's just so much in there, so much to, to grab onto and enjoy and digest and think about. So about a month ago... Uh, G Kids put out the Blu-ray version of uh, Evangelion Rebuild 3.0 plus 1.01 Thrice Upon a Time, I believe is the title. We'll get to it later. (laughs) And so Randy and I were both kind of, I don't know if we both had the idea to go through all the movies again, uh, but at some point along the line, it was suggested and then it was like, hey, let's do it together. And then Randy's like, you want to do it in VR? And I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch a whole movie in VR. <laughs> but we can go at the same pace, watch these movies together, and then talk about them. And then the other day, I was like, hey, uh, I was about to watch End of Ava. I had, we've already watched Death True Squared by that point. And then it was like, hey, we need to, we just, let's record something and go through these movies talking about them. So that leads us to here. So we have watched Death True Squared, or is it Death True 2? I think it's supposed to be squared, but also the N2 mines are superscript, but they never say squared. And so. the, the S2 engine as well is also that. So that, that's we are right. in, a, so, in quite a predicament here. I'm going to say 2. I, I've always called okay. it Death True 2. Death True 2, because it rhymes. It's like poetry. Mm-hmm. So we have watched that, and we have watched The End of Evangelion, which is an alternate retelling of episodes. So Death True 2, <laughs> to back it up just a second, <laughs> is a retelling of episodes 1 through 24 of Neon Genesis Evangelion with added material that is was later put into what are known as the director's cuts of episodes 21 through 24. Uh, so if you just watch... Uh, 1 through 24. Basically, I don't know if on Netflix you can even watch the non-director's cuts episodes or if those are on the Blu-ray or not, which I have right here. The on-air versions were not on Netflix, and I believe one of the editions, I have the big box, the mm-hmm. big boy box that oh, you okay. can put out. I think that came with the on-air versions. Um, uh, it, it's nice to have access to that kind of stuff, but really there's no reason to not watch the director's cuts episode, director's cut episode. So unless you have nostalgia for the old ADV dub, in which case they did both the director's cuts wow. and the originals, but there were Pretense. some actors that changed in between. So Kaoru had a different actor. Gendo. Um, Gendo had a different one. Yeah. Yeah. So always hate it when that kind of stuff happens, but exactly. It does. So Death True 2 is a retelling of those, kind of um, not a retelling in the way that you would expect, but 
almost more of a character based retelling going through each character's journey in that show separately and and in in concurrence of which child they are i that's well that's not even true either but it's separately <laughs> they go through their stories and then the end of evangelion is an alternate telling of what happens in episodes 25 and 26 of the anime which are internalized in shinji's from shinji's point of view and in the end of evangelion you see everything that led up directly to that point and then what is actually going on as that's all happening as well as some internal stuff as well they kind of of course doesn't exactly connect to what's happening in those episodes and if i'm being honest randy i don't know if i ever want to watch those episodes again i think i'll just watch the end of evangelion instead interesting because i will pipe up and say i really love 25 and 26 of the original tv series they're so experimental yes that's true and and different and I don't know, like as much as I enjoy what End of Evangelion can give me, I don't get the same emotional feeling I do as at the end of 26, where I like, you know, I'm clapping along. I get a little choked up and I feel very happy. It's funny because 26, the TV show has a much happier ending (laughs) than (laughs) the end of 26, the end of Evangelion version. So, Mm hmm. So let's let's go ahead and get into it with Death True 2, Randy. So what is your uh, exposure to this retelling of the series? How many times have you seen it before? And and what's your what's your history with it? So I seen it, I would say a good handful of times. I bought the old manga entertainment DVD. Jeez, this probably would have been circa 2003, 2004. And I had that that, you know, was packaged Death and Rebirth, mm-hmm. which... Rebirth is a whole different thing, which was actually the first 25 or so minutes of End of Evangelion that they, that's the stuff they had finished, but it wasn't ready on time. So right. they're like, here's a preview, catch End of Evangelion next year. Um, so I had seen that uh, quite a number of times. And um, it's interesting, there's three different cuts of Death, the recap movie. There was the original Death that uh, was alongside Rebirth in theaters. And then there was another cut that um, the director had done solo, apparently, so so is claimed, uh, that was aired on television that had to have some of the extra footage cut to meet a certain runtime. And that was called Death True. And then recut again, putting that extra footage back in, some changes here or there that no longer had to confine to it. There was re put in theaters under this event called the revival of evangelion where they had death true Two and end of evangelion uh back there so apparently death true 2 is the only one that's used for home video releases so it was never advertised as that on the dvd that i had gotten but apparently that's the one that i had watched a bunch which is weird i had not watched it goodness probably close to 20 years now um so when I watched it again this past week, uh, it just felt different to me. But maybe that's just time, you know? So what about uh, what about you? So I had not ever seen Death True 2 until it aired, until they put everything on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And because in the, in the past, you know, m- I watched the series via my friend's DVD set that he had, the Platinum, the rare Platinum ADV oh. set of Ava. So I you, watched those. And then he didn't also- come in until late. Yeah. With the Platinum Editions. Okay. I was in college when I first watched Ava. And it was like, it seems like a a good age to be consuming this series, I think. Uh, Although I think as an adult, I'm much better able to appreciate it. And it's, it's, yeah, 
more my speed nowadays, especially with everything they're throwing at me and the way that we have wikis, the way that we did not have them when I was in college (laughs) to date myself here a little bit. I think Wikipedia just was very young at that point, like maybe three or four years old, but the individual wikis Mm. hadn't really taken off yet. So I did not watch this until it was out on Netflix and I was just curious. So I I checked it out and I love it. Uh, I love... Uh, what's what's the word for it? Not necessarily. I love narratives that are all over the place. Okay, there's a, there's a um, specific phrase for that 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 I'm I'm losing here, but that's what this is. You could never recommend to someone watch Death True Two to as like your first exposure to Ava. Watch this in place of these no. episodes. I think if you want to watch something as a refresher before watching End of Ava, I think it's perfectly cromulent to do that. But to watch this by itself without any kind of foreknowledge of what goes on in the series, you're going to be incredibly lost because it is jumping all through time. You're not going to know what the Katsuragi expedition was, which is how this thing <laughs> opens up. They're, they're showing you like Shinji's mom and you're not going to know who she is. You're barely going to know who Fuyutsuki is because they just show him and all of a sudden he's there and they don't explain <laughs> what's going on or what his relationship to Gendo is or anything like that. So I, but I love it because it's just nonlinear storytelling is what I was looking there we for, go. Randy. And that is some of my favorite storytelling I'm finding as I get older uh, and just, you know, like get me from point A to point B has kind of become a, a rote, boring way to tell a story. <laughs> so to be able to jump through Ava in a way that's character focused instead of necessarily plot focused. Mm-hmm. Um, is this replaced a series for me? No, of course not. But if I want to watch End of Ava, but not go into End of Ava totally blind, of course, I'm going to watch Death True 2 again. Hmm. I had the experience of watching this again, like I said, for the first time in near 20 years, and I knew that it was going to be a nonlinear story where we we're focusing it on on characters uh, more so rather than plot and narrative uh, sequence. And I gotta say, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, which I, I I hate to say, but <laughs> the problem I had was uh, I just actually rewatched Evangelion. This past spring, I did 1 through 24, and then I did this fan edit that somebody had done called Concurrence of Evangelion, where they took TV 2526 and mixed it in with End of Evangelion. So then I just I skipped doing death and all of that. But seeing this again, I was kind of like, this is kind of all over the place. And I wasn't really, I don't know, I just didn't appreciate the editing and how things were handled. And I felt like, okay, I'm pretty familiar with this show. And if I came to this, like, say it had been a year like you know had been about six months or so granted i know a lot of this stuff but i'm like i feel like this is just so (laughs) badly put together that it doesn't do a good enough service to anybody who like maybe got dragged along by a friend of like you got to see this thing you haven't seen the show like you had said not a replacement for the tv show and i don't think it does a very good job at catching you up on the plot before jumping into end of evangelion what it does do is it certainly sets a mood and a tone for like how this story is told and just like the complexities of it so i mean i guess it kind of functions as the opening of an of an anime where it's like okay i gotta listen to the song i gotta get in the headspace for this thing i'm about to watch and that it doesn't really accomplish much in terms of conveying plot to you but it does get you in that mood for what's coming next yeah it's it's a tone piece to get you right yeah and uh, but that's what I like about it. It reminds me of everything that happened in the series. So like they, they even keep in the full elevator scene 
with yes. Ray and Asuka, and they keep in the full scene of Shinji Unit 1 holding Kaoru. And I was watching this, uh, so to say that this is not a great way to have someone experience Ava for the first time, boy, my wife was watching this with me and was extremely <laughs> lost. Uh, suffice it to say, she did not enjoy watching End of Ava with me either, so uh, do not show <laughs> Death True to... I mean, she's seen stuff before, and she knows a little bit okay. here and there, but... We, there's a sticker we saw in someone's car that was Ray, uh, and you walk past to it. Past it, it's lenticular, and so it turned into mm-hmm. Asuka as you walk past it. And she knew the names Ray and Asuka, so it's not like she's totally outside of the world of Ava. But sure, yeah, she was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't blame her. I don't blame her. This is not. Sh- don't start with this. No, so not a not a great idea. If you're listening to this podcast uh, and you're like, "Boy, I." Like listen to them talk about GT for months and months on end. Let me check out them talk about Ava and then I'll watch Death True too because I've never seen Ava before. Don't do it. <laughs> you got to watch the show. You got to yeah. watch the show. And I think you'll have a very rich experience doing that. 24 episodes is not a big ask, I don't think, especially compared to something like Dragon Ball. GT is 64 episodes. Z is 291. Like 24 is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And as much as I would say, I would hate to say stop watching this right now, uh, if you haven't seen End of Ava, uh, you should, because we're going to get into full spoilers for End of Ava. But before we do that, Randy, uh, a lot of people say that Ava is a confusing story. I can understand that for sure. I would say it's conveyed in a confusing manner because you are seeing the whole story from the viewpoints of characters who don't necessarily know what's going on. Yeah, and so that's absolutely. the way that that stuff is portrayed to you. But the actual story of what's happening in Ava is convoluted, but I wouldn't say that it's confusing. So I thought maybe we would take a break here before we get into End of Ava and kind of go through what the whole story of Ava is. Now, if you're watching this and or listening to it on Spotify, then you may be like, well, I was confused going through the series and I thought I had a good idea of what's going on. And that's because... The series doesn't tell you everything. They hint Mm -hmm. at stuff, but a lot of the Ava absolute lore comes from a video game known as... Which can can be debated about how much you want to put stock into it because, you know, supplemental material was not done by the director or writer of the original series, although we're consulted, obviously, but just wanted to throw that out there. Some of this stuff was in the, like, the planning documents as well when they were going through the series. So... Even though they don't tell you up front that Adam and Lilith are aliens, that was in their <laughs> mind as they were going through things. There's a reason that they talk about the the two moons, the black moon and the white moon. You know, those have backstories with the creators, even if they are not explicitly stated within the series. So what Neon Genesis Evangelion does is it had a two for the PlayStation 2. It's a sequel <laughs> game. It has a section <laughs> in it called classified information, which I don't know, Randy, if this is stuff that you unlock as you go through the game and it slowly tells you more and more, but they have different tiers of like classification levels for all sorts of different terminology. If you ever played MGS4 at the time when it came out on PS3, there was with it a in a separate app you could download, which was like a wiki for MGS3. And mm. so that would have extra stuff. They talk in that about how there was a character in... Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops, which canonicity in that game is debated, but there's a character in that game 
yeah, it's Cobra or some snake-like name he has. I, I don't remember. I never beat that one. But he can do what's called zero shifting, which is something that is done in Zone of the Enders. And they explicitly mm. say that he is doing this, hinting that Metal Gear is the same universe as Zone of the Enders. So it's it's stuff like that. So you take stuff that would contradict the original work, you take that with a grain of salt. But then everything else you kind of... Hey, this does make everything make more sense. So 4.6 billion years ago. All right. We're really starting from the beginning. Yeah. Billions of years ago, you have this group of aliens called the first ancestral race. Okay. And they leave their home world because their home world, their home world is about to Krypton, right? It's gone. So they're leaving their home world. And the way that they're leaving their home world is in seven things called seeds of life. And they take their entire species and they split them up into seven. And then there is like one driving soul in each of the seven seeds of life. And then everyone else has kind of been given up their bodies and entered the chambers of Guff. And we'll get into that later of these <laughs> seeds. And they're going to shoot off into space and, in, and basically reincarnate on, on new planets. Are you with me, Randy? Oh, I'm 100% You're with, with you, me. yes. Along with these seeds of life, they have attached, uh, attached, attached things called the Spear of Longinus, mm -hmm. which uh, if you're already, if all of a sudden you're getting a tickle, that, that might sound familiar. This is a very biblical series. This is a very series steeped in borrowing terminology and ideations of Judaic lore, Abrahamic lore. So... Yeah, they're going to borrow a lot of names. Like, guff is a Hebrew word meaning body. So we're it, it, there's multiple levels to this parfait, right? Of course. So some of the seeds carry the fruit of life, some are the fruit of knowledge, but they all have the spear of Longinus in them so that if accidentally two seeds land on the same planet, a spear of Longinus will activate and one of the seeds will basically become inert so that mm -hmm. only one seed propagates across the planet. It's never really explained why they had to do that, just that... It's a right. thing that's in there. Also, that's, with in their infinite wisdom, they figured this is the best fail-safe system. Have a spear, and it does things on its own. Yeah, which I guess is good to know for certain things that happen in in the TV series. Included with these seeds of life is something called the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is a real thing. But in the lore of the show, the Dead Sea Scrolls were included with these seeds of life and contain a manual for how to use the Seed of Life, and the Spear of Longinus. All right. So now we can okay. jump forward several billion years. Okay. Or, time or, skip. Uh, unclear amount of time to about four billion years ago when first impact happens. So mm -hmm. Adam's white moon, which is the name for his Seed of Life, lands on Earth in what would later become Antarctica. So as the Earth is forming and, and Pangea is breaking up and everything, Antarctica forms over Adam's white moon. But before it can reincarnate from its chamber of guff, Lilith's black moon also lands on Earth near Hakone, Japan, which is just west of Tokyo. Lilith's spear is destroyed in the process, in the crash landing, and Adam's spear activates and places him in suspended animation. I think I want to correct one thing. Sure, go for it, because I'm, I'm is, sure I'm wrong about a lot of stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> Very tiny little detail. The Black Moon doesn't actually land near Hakone, Japan. It does land in Earth where, we, I don't think I know off the top of my head, wherever the proposed thought impact is that created our actual moon that floats around, crash landed, and then over the course of billions of years, tectonic shifts 
moved it okay. to Hakone, Japan. Okay. So that way we can kind of keep with actual science history <laughs> and make it work so that this is a, a Japan-focused oh, okay. uh, story. Yeah, but it works. That's, yeah, exactly. It, I, I, it makes sense. I buy it. So Lilith's, uh, Adam's incapacitated, incapacitated and Lilith's black moon right there are two different moons mm-hmm. here her the primordial ooze starts spreading out of it which is later going to be known as lcl and it becomes the first life on earth lilin which are not exclusively humans it's just life right right earth uh, earth life as we know it dogs yeah. cats foxes fish people but if, so yeah so ultimately leads to humans mm-hmm. so then we have a big jump to the year 2000 Uh, Along the way, the Dead Sea Scrolls are found. In real life, this happened in 1947. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the show, I guess they never really say it happened any other time. So we just assume that's when it happened. Uh, It's found by a like a radical religious group called Sele or Zele. And I don't know exactly what point they might have changed their names along the way. But anyways, they're Sele. They have the Dead Sea Scrolls. They give out information that we would know in real life that they don't feel parta- has anything to do with anything. And then, but they're like the real good secret information about how to operate the Seed of Life and the Spear of Longinus. They take that information on their own. And so they're going to, in 2000, September 13th, 2000, they have what's called the Katsuragi Expedition. They found Adam in Antarctica. And Mm -hmm. so they are going to go and do a contact experiment, which is even the the idea of what a contact experiment is vague. But the most simplest way to put it is when the DNA of a Lilin touches something made from either Adam or Lilith. Right. As we're going to find here in a second when we get to explain more (laughs) of this kind of stuff. And so there is someone's uh, a a DNA from an unknown human donor. And so this could be like they they placed some DNA on it or someone touched him or whatever. They don't. It's just the DNA touched him. That's all you need to know. Uh, It touches on Adam and awakens him. And uh, his body is destroyed in the process. There's a huge explosion. Antarctica is gone. And in this time... uh, Cap- uh, Captain Katsuragi, at that point, he's dead, and Misato is there. She's alive. She's got a big gash across her chest that fan artists always forget to draw, and it always bugs the hell out of me, Randy. It's like it's a defining <laughs> character thing for her. <laughs> Come on, guys. You got to remember these these details. That's yeah. not small details. And uh, Adam's soul is at some point captured or floats around, but it's in this experience. Kaoru's comes about from Adam's soul. Not necessarily, maybe not the same day, but somewhere along the way. And he, Sele, is in possession of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Randy, if he I'm getting something the... wrong, jump in. So just to uh, elaborate on that, what we know of the files that are shared with NERV, the organization that we'll get to later, that Kaoru's birth date is September 13th, 2000, which would be oh, it is. the okay. day of Second Impact. Okay. But then again, they've falsified records in the past. Who knows if that's true? But it seems, you know, rather convenient because that makes sense. And I will also say for this contact experiment that was done, this was something that I had never really picked up on before, um, which is the Katsuragi uh, expedition is down there. They found Adam. They're going to do these experiments that apparently uh, Sele willfully and planned this contact experiment to result in exactly what happens, where there's an explosion, takes out Antarctica, the second impact, which was... Uh, from what I can kind of piece together, intended so that they could have their own instrumentality, which we'll get to later, without 
including the entire planet Earth. <laughs> but things happen. It doesn't work out exactly as planned, and um, things go a little bit wild. So there's a lot of little mischief that's happening down in Antarctica in September 2000. But, uh, you know, we may never know exactly so what's going on. You're listening to this podcast right now, and you're saying, Ken, that's still confusing. I don't get it. So we'll just quick recap. Two aliens land on Earth, okay? One of them's deactivated. The other one leads to humans, okay? The humans find out about the deactivated alien and touch him. Antarctica has <laughs> exploded. There. Is that simple <laughs> enough yeah, for you? That's that's just the mechanics of how it happens. Yeah. Can't tell you why. That's just what happens. Yeah. So now is the section that which I you know I have I have a whole bunch of notes here that <laughs> I wrote the, Good. the road to Ava. Okay. So in two thousand one, okay. Shinji Ikari to Yui and Gendo Ikari is born, as well as Asuka Langley Soryu to Kyoko Zeppelin Soryu and Unknown. Know, some uh, some guy, some Soryu guy. Mm-hmm. Uh or Langley guy, I guess, which is also a term for right. the CIA. Mm-hmm. So when people say, yeah. like, call Langley or whatever, they're talking about the CIA. So there might be some connections there. But anyway, she's German. Mm-hmm. So maybe not. <laughs> All right. German and Japanese. Yes. In 2003, plans are underway to create the Avas as a means to initiate third impact, which will lead to a direct path to human instrumentality. Uh, and or complementation, as some translations go with, rather than instrumentality. Oh, so this is where you can avoid all of humanity. And so Sele's ultimate goal is to further the evolution of mankind. They feel that mankind has become stagnant over thousands, tens of thousands of years, and they feel that instrumentality or complementation is going to be the next jump to where they need to get to. And which, in essence, what that is is taking everybody, compressing them into one being where they can fill in each other's weaknesses with different people's strengths, uh, that basically, you know, a complete, total, uh, full being <laughs> that has, you know, no downsides, essentially becoming a god. But also, you know, now there's um, no, no misunderstandings between people because we're all one thing. Yeah. Sayla is crazy. Yeah, a little bit bonkers. So in 2004, Yui, who is Shinji's mother, she's a scientist working at Gehirn. Yes. Gehin, different, <laughs> different pronunciations, different ways. Uh, she makes, so they're building an Ava, they've already made Ava Unit Zero, which is... And a bunch of failed units. Right, which is built from Adam. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, they make an Ava out of Lilith. Later on... Sele will use this as a means to, they're going to be like, okay, screw the Adam idea. We're going to use Ava unit one as our arc through mm-hmm. to survive instrumentality and right. with, with Shinji leading. They put their faith in him, I guess, and that he's going to be the leader. And <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of like sudden faith in Shinji at different points in the series, whether or not it's earned. Or, so, <laughs> Right. I mean, when you're desperate, Sure. I'm counting on this 14-year-old with a lot of issues. So Yui makes the first of only two contact experiments with an Ava, uh, and this one made of Lilith, and she touches it, and her soul is absorbed into the Ava, and her body returns to LCL. Mm -hmm. Um, Gendo does some experiments to try to restore Yui's body, but they fail, and they result in Rei, who ends up with Lilith's soul. Again, it's one of these things. It's not exactly explained how that happens, but she does. All incarnations right. of Ray who are outside of what's that the the clone room? 
called oh. there's a term for it it's like the chamber of bodies or something like that but the rays right. who exist outside of that room of which there are three all have lilith's soul right when one expires somehow through some means the soul is transferred to yes. a new uh empty vessel yeah makes sense to me right yeah uh gendo continues to work towards instrumentality under sele but now his true goal is to reunite with yui basically become one with Ava unit one just to be with his wife again. So to, to, to break Ava down into the most simple of terms is that it's a love story. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Gone horribly wrong. <laughs> Science messes up love, man. That's what happens. In 2005, Kyoko, who is Asuka's mother, uh, she is also a member of Gehirn, who I don't know if they've become nerve at this point, but at some point Gehirn becomes nerve and Gendo is probably right after Yui's death. I would think the Gendo is put in charge of nerve. I know that the changeover takes place later. Okay. Probably around 2008 or so, because I know that Ritsuko after college works for Gehirn. Okay. And it's shortly after that, that it switches over. And Ray one is, I don't know, probably like five or six at that point. So somewhere in the mid to late two thousands is when that switch over, but that's it, being it, pedantic. It does seem like Ray's aging can be controlled. So, yeah, because she's definitely, she's not as old as Shinji or Asuka it, but from a, even a concept standpoint, is. but physically it's, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Kyoko makes contact with the Ava unit two, which is built of Adam. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this experiment, for some reason, her whole soul is not removed, just the maternal aspect of her soul. And then trying to live after that is so devastating for her that she commits suicide uh, really in front of Asuka, which mm-hmm. uh, whew, does a number on her. <laughs> for sure. And, and I think it yeah. seems like she's trying to convince, at one point, tries to convince Asuka to join her in uh Yeah, die with suicide. me, die with me, yeah. And mm-hmm. there are... Uh, implications that the rest of her was salvaged into unit two Hmm. so later and we're about to get into end of ava it's not just the maternal aspect of asuka's mom that's in ava unit two it sure seems like it's all of her Hmm. but of course even from that viewpoint it's a maternal relationship so you really don't know that's something that's not ever stated it's just insinuated Mm-hmm. So now we are in the the core of Ava now. Um, Shinji's been sent off to go live with the teacher for a while. Uh, and now he has been called back because the angels are here. The angels are born from Adam after his brief reawakening. And they are starting to appear either to make contact with Lilith or retrieve Adam, uh, whom they believe is in the geofront, which... Uh, we find out that the Geofront is actually a hollowed out Lilith's black moon. Though there are mm-hmm. other Geofronts on Earth, but this one is made is not a man made structure. They it's a they excavated they it, excavated they found it, it, and they've only removed what like eight percent of the material that was in there. Yeah, and they're just, just in that to, little top part of that egg yeah, to live in there. It's a cool place. It looks cool. Yeah, it's real dope. Uh, Ray Shinji Nasuka pilot the Evangelion to combat the angels. Ray, who uh, was very fond of Gendo, and mm-hmm. you later you come to realize that that's because she is of Yui, and it's essential. <clears throat> it's essential that Ray agree with some of the plans that Gendo has, and so Gendo's like really the only person he's warm with is Ray because his end goal is he's going to need Ray la- later on. Right, absolutely, which is. 
very uh, tough for Shinji to deal with seeing this estranged father who does not care for him at all, being very kind and warm with this very strange girl that he goes to school with. However, after the Yashima incident mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, Yashima plan, Operation Yashima, Yashima. Operation, yeah. yeah. Uh, that Ray starts to become fond of Shinji. And that continues on through the series. And she almost starts to, I would say, love Shinji, uh, sacrificing as herself. As much as she can. As much as she can, yeah. Gendo finds the remnants of Adam's body and incorporates it into himself so that at the right time he can make contact with Ray and trigger human instrument- instrumentality to re- reunite with Yui. So triggering this will allow him to enter Unit 1, and uh, which is where his wife is. Mm-hmm. So, again, a love story. Star-crossed yeah. lovers. Ava Unit 1 absorbs an S2 engine from an angel. And these S2 engines are theorized to be where Adam gets his strength from, and his power and all of the different angels that have been coming have S2 engines in them. Whereas the Avas require a... a uh, they have to be plugged in at all times to operate. And if they're unplugged, mm-hmm. you get a cool five minute countdown shot. That's the same every episode. And it's suddenly five <laughs> minutes counting down and you know that it's going to get real as we, you know, get to the end of this, this whole ordeal. But Can Ava I, unit one, what's that? Can I say one weird thing? Of, is of course. <laughs> when uh, we're introduced to this whole battery system for the Evangelians, we're given different power modes that they can operate in five minutes is in i believe like performance mode and there's something like 16 hours of life support mode that you can be in but they also say i think it's like a minute and 40 seconds of like maximum power output mode but they never use that mode it's always a five minute countdown so i'm just like why did we bring this up if we never use it the life support one we do get to but you know never use that other one yeah, the life support one is used when Asuka's at the bottom of the lake, right? It's used when Shinji gets absorbed into a Duroc Sea oh, okay, by that yeah. one angel that's in the sky, but it's actually the shadow, which is like 0.1 millimeters thick, and it's actually a doorway to another dimension, and he's stuck there for about 16 hours. Ava's good. <laughs> I love it. It's so good, you guys. So I guess when Ava Unit 1 eats an angel and awakens, that that is when Gendo decides. He doesn't do it right away, but I think that's when he decides that every all of the, everything, the needs have been met, that he could trigger this. It, it, because the, Ava Unit 1 has to be able to survive off of a plug, so he can't mm-hmm. trigger it until it's able to, and that happens once it eats the S2 engine. I've never really put two and two together of why um like that's something he wanted i don't even it just kind of he seems to be happy at the fact (laughs) that it's happening so clearly it plays into his plan which i don't know instrumentality on its own is kind of a very ill-defined thing of like what each person wants out of it and the different triggers that are done to do it it seems you can do it a number of different ways and they seem to all happen at the same time anyway so it is what it is but yes the s2 engine which is yeah just their power sources unit one gets one after eating another angel and uh now it can operate without being plugged in which is a a, a pretty good thing i wish my phone would eat an angel <laughs> yeah. that'd be great little op there i don't know yeah uh so there are they have been trying to find a fourth pilot third children or fourth children if you will uh it went terribly wrong with the first fourth candidate they had uh in the anime he loses a leg and in the manga mm-hmm. he loses his life Mm-hmm. But uh, they get this kid sent over from Sele named Kaoru, and he is just like total, the whole package, right? He's 
He can perfectly sync with Ava's. He's confusing Shinji in sexual ways. <laughs> and he has he heads to Nerve to go retrieve Adam's body and mm-hmm. become himself again because he is Adam's soul. And with that, he can control AV Unit 2 without even being inside of it, which yeah. is pretty rad in that he can control an Evangelion, that which is born from Adam, whose soul is hiding itself. And which since Unit 2 and Asuka are kind of going through some stuff, Kyoko is kind of checked out of being in charge of Unit 2. But he can't enter it because there's already a soul in there. Right. Can't fully take over, take yeah. it over. Uh, and so once he gets into Central Dogma and Nerve, which is where they've been keeping this creature nailed to a cross who up to this point, I think you see it once before this, uh, you're led to believe that this is Adam. Right. Kaji shows it to Misato saying that, you know, they've been hiding something from you and this is what the true reason for and introduces it as Adam. Right. But Kaoru gets there and realizes, no, this is not Adam. This is Lilith. And it's not ever explicitly stated why he does this, but after he realizes that he's been fooled, he just says, all right, Shinji, you can kill me. I've, mm-hmm. This is my choice. This is the most important choice you can make, and I'm making it. You can kill me. And then we get to one of the most iconic frames in all of anime, in which Ava uh, Unit 1 holds Kaoru while, and it's just a still frame, no animation mm-hmm. whatsoever, while uh, while music, classical music plays. I'm not sure the track that's playing. but it's Ode to Joy by Beethoven. Ode to Joy. Right. I think it's about a minute and 40 seconds or so of just a still frame, which I think pure genius because Shinji, very confused by everything that's going on. Kaoru has been the only person that's kind of been warm and inviting to him in that sort of way. I don't know why he doesn't consider Misato because she has been nothing but a great (laughs) influence on his life. Um, But we don't get to see him thinking or struggling with it is just from the outside as we know shinji's going through some stuff right now it's really you are what's going on in your head is what is going on in shinji's head in that moment Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like pure chaos of thoughts Mm -hmm. now also what helps explain why this frame exists is that ava was having tremendous budgetary issues (laughs) going into its (laughs) final stretch of episodes uh because i don't know if you've ever seen ava before it's extremely well animated and they mm-hmm. just ran out of resources along the way and had they they had to make some cuts. <laughs> and there are two people in an elevator for an extended amount of time where no animation is done. We have that one still frame <laughs> for a long time. You know, they're they're make they're stretching their dollars. Yeah. They're yen. Yes, exactly. And you get to parts of episode twenty five and twenty six where it's just like sketchies and just still frames moving around and unfinished works. And, and it's all, they use it in and in a seemingly intentional way so that if you don't know what was going on behind the scenes, you're just like, wow, that was a really artistic ending. <laughs> and, it, yes. and it is, and it is. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there are reasons that led to that really big, the only option of how to end it that way. But luckily they made a movie <laughs> to explain what is going on, because these episodes 25 and 26 that we just discussed are going on inside Shinji's head. It's pretty much exclusively, right? Yeah, as far as we know, it's all just completely internal. Yeah, so episode 24 ends. Uh, Kaoru has just died. His head drops into the to the LCL. Mm-hmm. And then episode 25 starts saying, human instrumentality has begun. <laughs> this is what's happening to Shinji. And yep. that's where you are for the rest those two episodes you're never outside of it 
So you had experienced this with the Platinum Edition DVDs that ADV had put yes. out. My first uh, experience this, well, first of all, the first episode I ever saw was episode five. I watched episodes five, six, seven, and eight on a tape a friend had given me where he had recorded a bunch of shows. And this was DVD two, um, which was those four episodes. And then uh, about a year later, a fr- different friend of mine, she had all of the VHSs and how ADV did VHSs, you know, if you're old <laughs> like us, you might remember cassette tapes for this. They're always black, right? They were the usual yep. ones, except for Nickelodeon ones. Orange. Or orange. Uh, ADV did white. All of their VHSs were white. Evangelion, white tape, white tape, white tape. The last tape, episodes 25 and 26, was black, which was a very exciting thing when I got that tape. Like, whoa. RC. Is, yeah. Good choice, ADV. Good job on that. And uh, that takes us into End of Ava, the movie which is, came out in 1997, I think. I think uh, after I, GT it ended, ended, so I don't think it will come up in our in the world of anime. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I this is, I think, a pinnacle of anime storytelling. Yeah. I On Halloween, I watched my favorite Halloween movie, which, is, of course, is Cowboy Bebop Knocking on Heaven's Door which was produced in 2001, so three years after that series had ended. And I think that that movie is really some of the, like, the, the is a a love letter to 90s anime animation and really mm-hmm. is, like, when I would say that era ended. <laughs> but that era at its peak is yeah. the end of Evangelion. Right, which I did not know this, but the announcement of Death, Rebirth which would eventually become End of Evangelion, was announced a month after the TV series ended. It was very quickly afterwards. So, I mean, they must have gotten funding or knew that they were going to be working on <laughs> this big project, which is, uh, you know, exciting. And it's a, it's a lot of big studios on here. It's Studio Bones. It's IG, production IG. And they, mm. they let you know that when you start up the End of Evangelion, there are like 12 production <laughs> companies in here telling you, hey, we worked on this movie. Check this out. Sega's in there. Toei. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Everyone There's, is getting their cut from the end of Ava. Star Child. Um, I'm trying to remember. All, yeah, there's just so many. Yeah, you'll be sitting there for like a good minute and a half of just company <laughs> logos showing up. And production IG is the best one because it's like a little 3D bug that hops around and yep. everything. It's cute. That's right. So the movie starts off and it's one of the like hardest to sell scenes in Evangelion <laughs> because it's Shinji. Yeah. So right. Shinji, Shinji, the entire series is someone, you know, he's a teenager, teenage boy mm. and his hormones are going crazy. And he is just like willing really to show affection towards anyone that shows affection to him. Right. He is incredibly sexually confused and he, the, one person who he felt he was becoming closest with, Kaoru, is, is just, he just had to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. He found out not only that he had to kill him, but he had to kill him after he was betrayed. Yeah. And so uh, Asuka's been out of commission for a while. She's in a hospital bed and Shinji is like, Asuka, help me. And he's shaking her and her like hospital gown opens up and you, you can't um, defend what happens here but you can just try to contextualize it as he is a deeply hurt and confused pubescent Mm -hmm. entering into pubescency boy (laughs) and he uh pleasures himself at the site but i uh, maybe even pleasure is not the right word here because i don't think he gets a single bit of joy out of what what happens 
No. Uh, and, you know, it's one of the, like, most iconic ADV lines hmm. where, uh, you know, I don't like to curse on podcasts, Randy, but I, I'm going sure. to I'm gonna have to quote what, what happened. It's an iconic line. He looks down Do at his hand and he says, I'm so f***ed up, right? And it's one of, it's been parodied a lot in Dragon Ball GT <laughs> when Piccolo looks down at his hand and there's, like, all that blood <laughs> on his hand and everything, so... I wouldn't, that came out before End of Ava, so obviously it's different, but people look at that scene, and even me when I'm watching, that's the first thing I'm thinking of, right? That's how iconic this moment in End of Ava is. Absolutely. It's a a kickoff for a movie, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And Sele decides, like, hey, this is it, we're going to do, we're going to trigger human instrumentality, and Gendo's like, nah, it's not ready yet, we're not doing it, and they're like, no, we're going to take... Ava unit one, it's ready. Shinji will be the lead and we're going to, we're going to trigger this. And Gendo's like, you're not, we're not doing this. And Sailor's like, okay, well then what do they say exactly? It's like death will be our gift to you or something. Yeah. Something like that. Cause he, he says, you know, they bring up like, oh, we're going to go through with it. And he says that, uh, you know, nothing, life cannot come from destruction. Yeah. Like, well, you're going to get destruction either way. So, so then all of a sudden there is, they start off with a technical assault on Nerve which mm-hmm. is to have the Magi of all the different countries who have, like, because Nerve is also in Germany. I think they have a branch in the U.S. And China. Yeah. And, yeah. They launch, all of their Magi launch an assault on uh, Balthazar, Caspar, Casper, and Melchior. Melchior. Yeah, so they launch an assault, and they're Ritzko. So Ritzko killed all the Ray clones, and so she's been in, imprisoned or she's in jail lockup and they're right. like, well, we need the daughter of the, the, the lady who created the Magi. And so the Ritsuko comes and she saves everyone. And cause she stops at the last moment. And then Sele is like, well, we've failed. At- yeah. So I had to look something up because they're use a term. She of course stops this hacking from happening by, uh, instituting a, uh, Don Nang B type barrier, a six, six, six firewall, and I was like, that has to be something. Obviously, 666. That's a good wire, a... wireless router name. <laughs> 666 <laughs> Firewall. Yeah. But uh, the uh, Don Nang B-type barrier is I, what I assume to be a reference to the Don Nang barrier, uh, which was a 500-meter-wide no-man's land designed to stop enemy infiltration built by the U.S. during the Vietnam War in the city of Da Nang. So I was like, okay. I just had to look that up. I'm like, that seems like a very specific term. Right. Yeah. So I have to look this up. So Sele has now failed at their technical assault on Nerve Japan. And so they're like, well, then we're going to send it. We're going to do this is going to become a physical assault. And they have now Sele has all their ties in the Japanese government that they are now um, sending the army in. After the nerve Japanese strategic self-defense force. Yeah. Uh, JSSDF for short. And I believe that it's kind of been, you know, this Sele is this cabal that has been around since ancient times and they have, they're actually pulling the strings of things. I believe in some things that said like, no, they just actually are the United Nations. They kind of run all of these things. So yeah, they, they have their, their fingers in many stews. So of course they can just be like, well, send the military in. they, they, they follow our calls. So when when this starts happening, um, Asuka is in the hospital and they're like, well, we can't, she's, they're going to come after the kids because the kids can pilot these Avas. So we got to get Asuka safe. So they put her in unit two and just send unit two to the bottom of the lake, which is right outside Nerf headquarters, still inside the, the black moon, but just 
mm-hmm. in at the bottom of lake which she gets found like immediately anyways but and they knew that was going to happen but it would be better than keeping her in the hospital and so mm-hmm. they're like okay well we got to keep let's get shinji safe too and then they're like we don't know where shinji is and misato's like oh my god <laughs> and so <laughs> they find shinji and he's like sitting in a stairwell or something and misato's like okay I, i'll go get shinji myself and so in the process of doing so, like everyone's dying, right? The, these yeah. army forces are killing everyone at nerve. They're like making their way to the headquarters, but they can't blow up the whole place because they need the mad guy still, right? So they can't just, mm-hmm. and I don't know why they need them at this point. In I, I'm wondering, you know, if they're going to be eliminating the pilots, if there's some sort of remote control that they can activate the AVA units using yeah. the Magi computers. I don't know. I'm so, not entirely sure, but for whatever reason, they still want that. Yeah. So they they don't uh, like the main guys at headquarters. They're all safe, and Gendo's like, "All right, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. I got I got things to do. Yeah. Now's the time." Yeah. Futsuki, you're you're in charge, and Futsuki says like says hi say hi to Yui for me. He's like he knows what mm-hmm. Gendo's gonna go do, and mm-hmm. so Ray, we're now on the Ray three. Who I guess she awakened when Kaworu went down to central dogma she something happened yeah she reawakened because they're they're like all of a sudden there's another angel appearing and it's you know it's ray because they show ray and then right so she's awakened as lilith and so she is standing down in the room where all of the i guess where they have lilith's body she's just like waiting down there and then well, she was also in the room where all of her clones are and just looking at yeah. the decomposed bodies of herself which yeah. is gotta be a trip so she's the not happy with i guess what's going on and you know especially with gendo ray too very fond of gendo had like his old glasses that she would you know hold and smile ray three and before leaving ray three breaks them and then heads down there so it's like okay she's got her own ideas of what is going to be happening yeah she's not happy and so gendo goes down there to talk with her meanwhile uh misato um takes a fatal bullet on the way to go rescue shinji but she gets shinji out of there and shinji heads off and then ray right as or misato right as she's dying ray appears and then the whole place blows up mm-hmm. and the way i interpreted because this is going to happen again with ritsuko and the way and the, the way that ray appears to everyone in human instrumentality is that that is like everyone returning mm-hmm. to lilith right that's what yes, I these are the right if uh, it seems that there is some sort of pre-instrumentality where you can be reborn and be absorbed into the chambers of Guff with everybody else, even though the literal instrumentality hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So, yeah, Ray appears to those in that sort of form. And watching this, well, we'll get to it in a second. So um, now as this is all going on, Shinji's still on his way to Unit 1, but we've got a problem because... Asuka's just awakened inside of Unit 2 and realized that it's her mother's soul inside Unit 2. And so all of a sudden her sync rate is back and Unit 2 shows up and starts like busting everything up, throwing mm-hmm. big battleships and everything. It's awesome. But then so cool. the mass-produced Ava show up. And this is like Ben Sele's like ace in the hole, right? Mm-hmm. That they, they have nine of these mass-produced Avas all with S2 engines, which I guess they've been collecting from the Angels that right. they have they, been defeating. Yep, they're the first one that they got that had that was mostly intact was uh from the um 
Oh gosh, which one was it? It was the one with the the noodly arms things, I think. Uh, or no, maybe I'm whatever. It doesn't matter. They've been collecting them. Yeah, there's nine of them. And initially, their plan was to have thirteen, but they only had nine completed by the time the plan had to go off. So they're going to make do. What that means, what they could have done if they had thirteen, I don't know. But they only have the nine. And so Asuka is fighting them, and then her umbilical cord gets cut. Her power cord. And she's like, okay, she does the quick math and she's like, all right, I've got 20 seconds for each one, you know, like I can do this or however. And, and yeah, she does. I, it. <laughs> she does. I had to look it up because it's the same in multiple dubs in the Japanese and in the manga. Asuka is from Germany and speaks German quite a bit. Mm-hmm. She, she says, I've got 20 seconds for each of you and jumps forward to take out the first one, breaks its face, holds it above her and like basically cracks it like an egg and it just bathes her in blood. And she just says, Esta, which means first in oh, german so she's like that's one you know if we <laughs> really like, want to get down to it randy about who best girl is <laughs> you know oh, it's like dear man i i always bounce between asuka and misato but i really think I'm it's right asuka. There with you. i really if i gun to my head it's asuka i probably just barely lean the other way and say misato yeah. two sides of the same I, coin you and i right exactly but the point is we both have the same top two. Yeah. And it's a, a close choice for both of us. Yeah. I just, all respect to Ray. Uh, right. And Mari, we'll get to Mari. She's enjoyable, but that's a different... We're not there yet. <laughs> so. And I have a I have a, a little thing for Ritsuko. There's something yeah. about Ritsuko I also really love. Yeah. She was wronged multiple yes, times. <laughs> a- absolutely. Has her own issues that, yeah. uh, you know, she's still responsible for her actions. But yes, <laughs> absolutely. So Asuka is fighting these mass production Avas and she's messing them up and uh, she beats all nine of them, Mm -hmm. but they reactivate. After throwing one of their swords, which turns into a a spear of Longinus. Yeah, spear of Longinus. Which, yeah, yeah, totally wrecks her, unfortunately. Yeah. And so they start like literally eating Asuka. They've now blown through her eye with the Spear of Longinus, and then they just start eating Unit 2, uh, and in the process are eating Asuka as well. And it's just, like, really gory, and it's it's grotesque. Yeah. Quite. It's like crows going after, uh, like, a dead rat or dying rat or something, right? They just pick at yeah. it, and they're, like... It, Yanking stuff yeah, out. so gross. Yeah. So Gendo is down talking with... Um, Ray. Ray. And Gendo's like, okay, it's time... You know, I have Adam in my hand here, or in this hand, my right hand, and uh, it's time for us to go. And so he, like, puts his hand on Ray's breast and, like, pushes it through and then mm-hmm. moves his hand down. And then Ray blushes, and then I'm blushing because I'm like, I don't know about this. And then- <laughs> So, um, unfortunately, I say this, unfortunately, there is, uh, of course, when one is voice acting, you might make a flub or you might think of something funny and make a blooper. Um, this is in the commentary for End of Evangelion on the Manga Entertainment DVD. They said, we don't have the recording of this. But when the original actor was playing Gendo, had his hand in her, and was moving it down, the actor said, I knew I left my keys in here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I really wish we had that audio clip. But um, You you at least got the Spike Spencer meltdown in episode 26. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, So, yes. that whole thing happens because uh, her AT field is is weakening and yeah. can no longer hold her human form. Her arm falls off. Yeah. So 
And we also learned through Asuka what AT fields really are, is that they are like, and, and Gendo says too, they're the walls of the heart. So basically they are, they're your ego or your super ego or something, but it's like your sense of self. Right. The barriers that divide people to make them individuals. I believe Kaoru also talks about this when um, confronting Shinji in episode 24, yeah. that it's the light of the human soul, uh, basically your individual self and the thing that protects you from from harm from others or you know separates you and it is something that the children or the the avas made from adam can weaponize right i don't think does ava unit one ever weaponize an at field or just deals with at fields of angels what do you mean by weaponize uh, like in there, that there's a part where unit two like throws her hand across and creates an at field oh does unit right. one ever do anything quite like that well, I mean, he does. She, I suppose, Unit One is a is is a woman, <laughs> but the pilot uh, Shinji, when there's that one angel that is falling from space, like he catches it oh, using right, his right, AT right. field. Yeah. Um, there's also right before that when he you know activates it, like it's standing kind of like I don't know in this weird power pose, and then the light changes, and there's just an explosion, and, like buildings are moved out of the way from him powering up his AT field, which is um pretty rad. Yeah. In case you've, you're pretty deep into this podcast, you know I haven't been including any screenshots. So uh, there was no screenshot on the screen right now. You just need to watch the series and just you just go through it. it. Yeah. And when we bring these up, you will picture it because yeah. the, every image is very striking and yeah. will sear into your brain forevermore. Every frame of painting, right? Yes, absolutely. So Ray is having none of this stuff with Gendo. And she says, you know what, Gendo? I hope you didn't like having that hand. And uh, <laughs> Gendo loses his hand is kind of like, pops off and <laughs> she grows her arm back by yeah, taking it because she is now uh ray's soul with adam's body and then she returns into lilith's body so for those keeping score at home she is now <laughs> uh, lilith lilith and adam but they don't ever tell you where adam's soul is somewhere i think it was still has kauru it. right but after kauru because there's a oh. point where it seems like they put Kaoru back into Rei as part of the instrumentality. Oh, right. I was reading something on this today that I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I suppose maybe there's just sort of the, uh, some sort of quantum mechanic link between the physical form of Adam that uh, Gendo had and Kaoru. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more here. So Gendo just kind of falls on the ground. And mm -hmm. lays down. So uh, unit one has now been sent out. Shinji finally, well, no, Shinji doesn't want to go out there. And he's hearing reports of Asuka dying and everything. And then unit one moves on its own. And Shinji- To force him to get in. Yeah, Shinji's like, is it this one when Shinji realizes it, is, that it's Yui or- um, I think that he's learned this information already. Yeah. I want to say it was when Ritsuko is kind of giving the big information dump in 23 after Ray's dead and showing him where the bodies come from and how Ava's are made and that, you know, Yui is inside unit one. So Shinji gets in the damn robot and right. he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to go help Asuka. Not really having any understanding of how dire <laughs> things are yeah. outside of where he's at. And so unit one launches out and the first thing that Shinji sees is the like tattered remains of unit one and unit two unit two my bad and then he screams a blood curdling scream and then cut to xanatos yeah and now the time <laughs> which, is here or however it which, goes 
which was so great. I was showing this show to a friend of mine in high school and I had lent him the TV series and he had watched the TV series and he finished it and was like, Randy, I was so engrossed in the show and those last two episodes was the worst thing I've ever seen. Why don't I get closure? And I said, aha, I can show you End of Evangelion, the actual. And he's like, great. So we sit down in my basement. We're watching End of Evangelion, the blood curdling scream, cut to credits. And I go, and that's where it ends. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) The fury that man (laughs) at that moment. And I just let the let it go for it. We're like, ah, just kidding. It's an intermission. We got the second part to watch. You know, it's funny, but there's not a whole lot more closure in the next part. (laughs) Not very clear closure anyway. So Shinji is now having like some crazy breakdown, which I forget what they call it on the graphs, but they show you like his Destrudo has (laughs) and the um, his ego is breaking down to nothing. And it's at this point that Ray like awakens and her giant body leaves central dogma and like her hand passes through um ibuki ibuki and everybody and but then ibuki like screams and i'm always wondering like what was that what was she what was her sensation in that moment yeah as exactly as ray was moving through her and ray kind of like shows up and then puts her hands and, and we're talking like they're in outer space now and right. she puts They're her in hands, the atmosphere. Yeah, in the atmosphere. And she puts her hands around uh around unit, unit one. one. But then this is when Sele is like, all right, it, this is it. Let's go. Let's enact the protocol, human instrumentality. Let's go. <laughs> and so then the nine mass produced Avas make this shape. I think it's is is this the Sephiroth? They do multiple things. One of them is the Sephirothic tree, I believe. And then, yeah, there's another one that's just like a whole bunch of, that's like infinity symbols on top of each other. And then there's one that's a very far away shot when they're like in space. It's like a triangle thing with a bunch of branches. I've never entirely understood a couple of those, but yeah. So I would guess that this was the, the ritual to put Adam's soul into the Ray body. Adam body mm. situation. I could see that because it's right after this that Kaoru Ray turns into Kaoru and is trying mm-hmm. to like console Shinji and everything. And things just keep going from bad to worse. And Shinji gets wrapped up in this kind of like crucifix type thing. And then uh, I don't know what better way to put this. A vagina shows up on Ray's forehead. Kaoru's turned back into Ray forehead vagina and then the crucifix gets entered into it and then we kind of go into a series of events that is more similar to the tv anime mm-hmm. uh and then it's at this point that come susser todd starts playing mm-hmm. as instrumentality begins and it's uh everyone starts turning it you know you'll hear a lot of people turn into orange jello and it's they get yeah, tanged they get tanged and they're turning into primordial ooze some of them see something that will um comfort them right before their end um, except for aoba who just sees a bunch of rays crawling towards him while he's under the desk screaming yeah because i guess he has nobody <laughs> yeah <laughs> poor guy he had me he Sato, plays guitar yeah, but. yeah. Well, Hyuga sees Misato. Oh, okay. Yeah. Aoba sees nobody because, yeah. like, all we know about this guy is he does his laundry and he plays guitar. Uh, Ibuki so. sees Ritsuko. Right. Who types on her laptop, I need you. Yeah. And then, yeah. Sweet. In a it is. weird, twisted, <laughs> the world yeah. is ending type way. And Gendo <laughs> right. has a. And, um, and Fiyuski see Yui. Yeah. 
though it's a little bit more <laughs> pleasant for oh, yeah. Futsuki. <laughs> Gendo uh, has a long conversation uh, talking about how he failed Shinji and then Yui like retreats into unit one. But this is all like a vision that Gendo's having because unit right. one is elsewhere at this time. And then Gendo's vision is that I guess is that he's been excluded from instrumentality or something, but he's he gets eaten in in half the top half of him. Yeah. <laughs> and then the legs are apparently set back down. The legs are left behind. There's an interesting illustration, because I also read the manga portion of this today. Is um he doesn't get eaten, but there is the last shot we see of Gendo after this whole conversation. Um in this continuity, Ritsuko also shot him in the throat. Um but he's laying there and it's a long shot of him still bleeding, still as a body, but now Ritsuko's clothes are empty and is just a puddle of LCL. So he is excluded, I guess, from everything that's happening here. Yeah. That is his punishment for, for everything. Right. Just not good for old Gendo in this no. version of events, either two versions <laughs> of events. Yeah. Right. I mean, who knows that maybe it was just a, a his own sort of, I don't know, vision of what he deserves, but maybe he was also actually part of this whole thing i don't know there's no it's just me thinking like he's got to have a happy ending even though this guy is just a total jerk a piece of dirt um he doesn't want him to at least get something not in this series of events no no but he so then we're inside shinji's mind again and he is having like more of a continued breakdown he's not able to handle the being combined with other souls Right. right. He and Asuka clash right off the beginning. And then he starts yelling at everyone saying that, you know, they don't know him and that he's like, doesn't like their ambiguous smiles. Yeah. Cause he's again, a, a super sexually confused boy. He doesn't know. It's like, what is, what is a signal? What's not? And he doesn't understand anything. And, mm-hmm. and then some point along the line, he, has the vision at the playground or is that at the beginning of all of this? That's very much at the beginning okay. of him at a playground. And then he's left with alone. other children with that look very much like dolls. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, left at the playground alone with the sand castle they built, which is just Nerf headquarters. Yeah. It's all very steeped in metaphor of what's happening, but then the, we, uh, hills and the trees and the, that's, you know, it's like, all right, there's breasts, there's legs. So we are playing between a woman's legs here, I guess. Yeah. Because the shape of the, swing set and all that anyway you know there's always been a thing where people have told me that because of the everything with karu that shinji is is gay and i think it's much more (laughs) i think it's much more complicated than i think yeah he is whoever will give him attention and love right and that's what Shinji's drawn to and that's what causes him so much strife in this vision that he's going through as as instrumentality is happening but ultimately it leads to him and ray kind of their naked bodies fused together and they're talking things through and Shinji's holding on to Misato's cross and he's starting to kind of calm down a little bit. And it's just like, Hey, yeah, people can come back if they want, you know, it's, you know, we don't, you don't have to understand everyone all the time. And whereas it's such a great illustration of that where they're, you know, on top of each other, but clearly their bodies are kind of intermingled yeah. because it's hard to tell where one ends and one begins. And when he looks at that cross and he reaches up and he puts his hand on her arm, not through it, and then like, you know, pulls it out of him. He's just kind of like, okay, we're starting this separation where right. people are going to be individuals again. I think that was just a chef's kiss. Great way to show, okay, we are going to start 
undoing this. Yeah. And so Shinji has been put in charge of this whole instrumentality um, because of Sele. He's the only one that can combine with Unit 1, really, to sync at this level. Uh, Ray mm. has affection for him. And so Ray is helping facilitate Shinji as like the deciding factor in everything that's going on with instrumentality. And Shinji's like, okay, yeah, I want to come back. Yeah. Uh, even though it sucks and it's, it's a hard life and you're going to not understand people all the time. They're not going to understand you. It's like, we are individuals and I want to go back to that. And then he says goodbye to Yui, who is still in mm -hmm. unit one. Right. And unit one, and she's like, Ava's can't be on earth anymore or can't be here. And so she takes unit one out into outer space and mm -hmm. the, the chambers of guff have reopened and, the black moon is bleeding all the LCL primordial ooze back onto Earth, so everyone mm -hmm. can come back if they have the will to come back. So, given the, well, I think we'll talk about it later. In case someone is for some reason watching the, these movies for the first time and then listening to us, I don't want to spoil future movies. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's literal <laughs> in that, mm -hmm. like Fuyutsuki could just be like, "Oh, I want to come back." And then he just like emerges out of the ooze and walks us forward. I don't, I don't think it's that literal. Why don't you think that? Because we clearly see that happen with Asuka. We do, but why is it just Asuka and Shinji? You know, it's, there's someone's got to start and I don't know, Asuka always had a very strong will, so it makes sense. I think it's because they're the only two that were Ava pilots. I mean, Rei and Kaoru were angels. Hmm, true. Or think far first ancestral ancestral race, and who knows what's going on with? <laughs> oh gosh, what's his name? Toji. Who knows what's going Toji? on with Toji? I mean, he is he's he's, he's like kind of counts, but doesn't really. Who knows uh, right, if he really yeah. ever really piloted Unit Three? Yeah, he put on the suit. We know yeah. that, and he had to go through whatever kind of tests and everything. But mm -hmm. yeah, so I also one thing we do need to note in this that is incredibly important for how we're going to address the next movie is that. As part of Lilith letting Ray letting Shinji return everyone, her neck splits open, and her blood spews across the moon. Mm -hmm. That's and, actually and starts like a ring. You know, like yeah. Saturn has rings, but now Earth has a ring of blood around it. Yeah, which could just be in the atmosphere and it will eventually fall down. That's true. Or, you know, yeah, that's very fair. But uh, and then Shinji looks over at Asuka and immediately starts trying to strangle her, and then starts crying. As he's on top of her, strangling her, and then she says "kimochina" or something. Kimochi ga warui, yeah. Which is I, I feel bad. I feel sick. This is I feel disgusting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should also say that clearly a lot of time has passed where Shinji has been by himself. He's his demeanor has very much changed from mere moments ago where he was saying goodbye to Yui. Um, he has taken the time to. Uh, put together graves for people. Specifically, he's nailed Masato's cross to a tree. Yeah. And uh, he's just kind of out of it. I mean, being the only human on the planet, like, I thought I fixed everything, and now I'm here by myself, and I'm, I guess, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. That's it. That's the end. That's the end of the movie. Just Kimuchi Gawarui. And, and then for, end. Yeah, for about 10 years, that was it for Ava. So we'll pick back up... Uh, Next time, we will be watching re Rebuild of Evangelion 1.11. We're not going to go through all the different 1.00, <laughs> because I couldn't even tell you what's different. I've only ever seen the 
So I haven't seen the like original theatrical versions of these movies. So we'll just be discussing mm-hmm. the widely available versions that are out there today. So that sounds good. Is there any, you don't want to speak about end of Evangelion anymore. You don't want to talk about what your thoughts are regarding that last scene, what it all is, what it means. So I don't think humanity is coming back from that immediately. Right. I think mm. it's just like, Hey, we're starting over mm. and mm-hmm. Shinji and Asuka will eventually die because there's, no nutrition anywhere <laughs> and i mean i guess there's still wood and plants maybe so but that can who knows but so i think right. maybe they live together for a while and then eventually die and then it's just billions of years pass what do you think about her showing up and before she was of course in her plug suit and everything she appears here in her plug suit but her arm is bandaged which was torn in half yep. during the fight with uh, the Avas, as well as she's got an eye patch or bandages over the other eye that was uh, harmed. What do you, what do you think about that? Cause you know, you know a lot of people, I, I had never actually noticed that until <laughs> this watch. Ah. And so it's like, it seems to me like Shinji doesn't see her until we see Shinji see her mm. unless he has bandaged her and then goes and lays next to her. And then he kind of has a breakdown and tries to strangle her maybe because mm-hmm. she's not waking up and he feels alone or something maybe that's his way of waking her up i don't 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 right. ever wake me up that way <laughs> but. yeah it's a very confusing scene even with all of the context to be like okay so why is this the way that this ends which is definitely a different way than how episode 26 ends yeah but yeah, I think that's, you know, one of the great things about it is it leaves people talking and thinking and conversing about it all these years later. Because I mean, here we are, you know, talking about it, recording this conversation. I don't know if we add anything more to the conversation and the wider discussion of Evangelion, but you know, it's I always think, fun to... I think maybe we helped walk people through some confusing things by going through some of the background lore and explaining what's going on right. in this movie. Because it really is, yeah, we've said a lot of confusing things like Chambers of Guff and <laughs> Destrudo waves or whatever. But I think what's happening is very straightforward. You know, aliens came to Earth, propagated life on Earth. One of the aliens was deactivated. Eventually, people found the deactivated alien, touched it, everything went to hell. And now competing people are trying to use these aliens to evolve the human race. Mm-hmm. It's all pretty simple, just told in a complex, convoluted and way to that holds back certain information yeah yeah because for a long time after end of eva it wasn't for a while before that ps2 game came out and all the classified information came out with it and by the way it was all aliens all along there are hints you know (laughs) they do reference the black moon and the white moon were left here for us by someone Mm -hmm. else but they there's like hints throughout but right never fully like here's what it is here's what they are here's where they came from here's why they're here yeah what these spears are for and so on and so forth um there was one thing that we kind of skipped over i'm not sure what your sort of layout for this is i'm sure you wanted to bring things to an end but free form i mean we have some audience (laughs) thoughts but other than that's true form um Things that um, still confuse me or that I haven't found a very clear answer for is that uh, the spear is obviously something yeah. very important. It can pierce the divine, which is why it can go straight through AT fields. I mean, you know, just that's how that technology is set up to work with Adam and Lilith and these these seeds of life. 
But during the course of the TV show, in order to defeat one of the angels, Ray has to go get the spear and chuck it into space to take yeah. out that angel. And then it enters, you know, orbit, it, you know, eventually crashes into the moon. And then once unit one sort of activates completely, loses all the restraints, the core is exposed randomly, the spear pulls out of the moon and flies straight towards unit one. And it's like, okay, did unit one voluntarily call it? Is it just activating and like, Oh, there's a thing of uh, uh, a seed of life that's activated and it shouldn't be. I got to go down there and stop it. You know, uh, what are your thoughts on, on that whole thing? Yeah, that seems like a good way to think about that. Um, Cause yeah, we didn't even talk about the sphere of Longinus flying out of the moon or anything. <laughs> Yeah, it just happens, and there's no real fanfare to it of like why they're just like it's coming, it's here. It does. And then it seems like it happens. The way it happens, it seems like an orchestrated thing by Sele because they need this mm. to happen so they can continue that next phase of instrumentality where the the nine right. Avas make a shape around. They were very upset after that angel was destroyed at Gendo for losing the spear because it was something that they needed. One yeah. assumes for their um, scenario for instrumentality. But yeah, it didn't seem like it was something that they, that it was, you know, they initiated. It felt much more of a reaction to unit one awakening. So it was like, okay, did Yui do this? Is this just what the spear does? We also didn't even talk about like how these replica spears work. Who, how are they <laughs> made? Like yeah. anything like that. They just have them turns out like okay and they work the same so i don't know why they needed the original it's just got to be dead sea scrolls stuff that they don't ever reveal that's and that's true yeah or maybe which i think is stuff that Sele hadn't deciphered which is why they were so mad about the spear being on the moon or mm-hmm. yeah man it's uh it's exciting stuff for that because i know that you know human humans in real history discovered the dead sea, dead sea scrolls um and I don't think that it was like revealed to people like what they actually were until after the series. So yeah. I think maybe it was kind of going off of that of like, oh, what could they say? Well, what if it was the manual to like this and, you know, kind of told the events of the future, like, here's what's going to happen, the leading up to instrumentality and, and things like that. Um, genius way to to pull from, you know, what was on people's minds at the time. Yeah. All right, Ernie. I the, I would say the Dead Sea Scrolls probably rejuvenated interest <laughs> being in Ava because <laughs> it was definitely the first time I probably ever heard of it. And then yeah, I was actually disappointed when they revealed that it was just like some nothingness. I like I was good never knowing what these were. Yeah, I would have loved the mystery guys. Yeah. That would have been way better. I don't even remember what they were, but it sure as hell not an interesting seed of life situation. Right. I think it was just like I don't know some sort of other some copies of the Bible. <laughs> We're just like, hey, I can get that at him for free. I don't. <laughs> I got an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I did put a call out for some thoughts here, Randy, right. and we'll just. I, do you have the tweet pulled up or? I don't have it currently pulled up myself, but I, I certainly uh, could. I don't think anyone replied to the blue sky. We're just doing normally when we're doing we got a podcast, we would cut all this stuff out of us talking and pulling the tweet up and everything, <laughs> but we're just gonna leave this in. So a little bit pulling the curtain back here on uh the Ava edition of We Got a Podcast here. And it doesn't look like anyone responded to the blue sky, but we do have some thoughts here on the Twitter. Yes. So I got it up, by the way. Um I'm gonna go a little out of order. We're gonna go with the most recent tweet first, which is from Jake Pay at JP16. Right. Uh, so I asked, 
Uh, if anyone had any pressing thoughts on Death True 2 and the end of Ava, and Cage, or not Cage, he, Cage did not write in. Cage, get on it. If you haven't watched Ava yet, Cage. But Jake <laughs> and you're <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> but Jake Pay did write in and said, never seen it. Uh, you, I surely hope me. you hadn't gotten to this point in the podcast without having seen them first. <laughs> uh, especially after me warning you halfway through this thing not to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even so, I think you'll get a kick. Maybe you'll get a kick out of watching it now after having listened to us talk about it. And you'll sure. be like, oh, okay, I see how this was that or the other. Maybe you'll be like the first person who watches End of Ava and you're not confused. Yeah, you just get it. You're like, okay, no, I got yeah. I got the cliff notes beforehand. I know what's happening. Randy, you want to take this next one from Julie? Yeah, I will from uh, Julie YBM. The End of Evangelion is my favorite film of all time. The sound direction, music, acting, sound effects is impeccable. The animation and the directing is just insane. The film forces you to confront aspects of yourself you might not want to and forgive yourself. A special film. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I I watched Evangelion at a young age. I got introduced to it when I was Shinji's age. I was 14. I watched the rest of it. No, I see I saw I first saw it when I was 13, saw the rest of the TV series when I was 14. Saw End of Evangelion when I was about 15 or so. Um yeah, challenging watch. <laughs> <laughs> at that age but um definitely I, had an effect i feel like as i've gotten older you know especially talking about how um i started i watched this when i was in college for the first time and mm-hmm. watching it now i'm just like really into the lore of everything mm-hmm. and so i'm not as emotionally devastated by this kind of stuff as i was before but i will tell you i cried like a baby at the end of ava 3.0 plus 1.01 well, we'll get to that and and, <laughs> we'll get and why it. i think that happened but i think with this one i'm not devastated so have you ever seen devil man cry baby I saw like the first two episodes and then I didn't get a chance to watch the rest. I'm not going to go into specifics of what happens, but it is another series where everything goes to hell at the end of it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm becoming drawn to that kind of a, of story (laughs) where Mm -hmm. things start off. Have you read Berserk? No. And I'm waiting for it to finish first. (laughs) Fair. But I, I have um, come to like these stories where everything starts off rather innocuous and then by the end of it, hell on earth has been unleashed and there is no going back to the way things were before. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just kind of getting into twisted storytelling like that. And so I'm not as like devastated or in need of like therapy or anything, having watched Shinji go through this terrible thing. To me, the most haunting thing in the movie is Shinji seeing unit two and screaming. Yeah, that is uh, rough because, you know, what you said before, we both like Asuka yeah. and... You know, we learned through the series that if you are synchronized with your Ava, that you feel the sensations that the Ava feels. Yeah. And at that point for Asuka, first the spear, she is more synchronized with her Ava than she ever has before, likely hundreds of percent in the synchro ratio. And getting stabbed through the eye, we see it manifest her eye in. open, yeah. She's, you know, pulling on the sticks as the blood is just gushing out and then of course she's never activated unit two outside of its normal operating capacity but it's after getting hit by the spear that then it reactivates on its own as avas are sometimes want to do so clearly she is still synchronized with it and then it's when you know they go disemboweled and right exactly so it's like okay even more disturbing is that she got to feel all of it (laughs) which is horrifying and we never see ray appear to her but we have to assume it happens Reading the manga, um, 
there are some differences. Um, Shinji makes it to the surface to help her fight before they kill her, uh, which is interesting. Um, so they're kind of fighting back to back. And then as instrumentality is happening, Asuka was never eaten, consumed or whatever. So uh, Ray does appear to her as I believe her mother. And then she, you know, gets turned into LCL inside the the plug. Um, so yeah, there's, there's that. Um, Can I just say I like Shinji a lot more in the manga than in the anime? Well, he doesn't do the hospital thing. Yeah, <laughs> in well, the there, manga, I'll tell there's you that. that. But he just seems like more agency. He has more yeah. agency in the manga. Like, there's even a part where he's pissed off at Gendo, and he like leaps over the table and punches Gendo in the face, and you're like, this is not <laughs> anime Shinji at all. He gives me 2.0 vibes, which we'll get yeah. there. Oh yeah, <laughs> eventually. But yeah. he's got more of yeah. a mouth on him and. Yeah, absolutely. Much more agency. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Jacob Sawyer writes in and says, I have always wondered how they got the souls of relatives into the cores of the Avas. Also, what is the Chamber of Guff? Looking forward to this. So, first of all, thank you for looking forward to this special podcast that we're doing here. Mini series podcast. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a Tenchi one in the future. We'll go through the Tenchi OVAs, but I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. Whoa. Anyways. Ken, you answering my wishes. Uh, so how they got the souls in the cores of the Avas was accidents. Yeah. Well, accidents, quote unquote, because, um, many feel, and I feel that Yui did it on purpose. Um, she knew that she knew what Sele's plans were. And in some information it, we're, we learn that she potentially is the relative of a Sele member. Yeah. Um, so that's her connection to it. She knows it's going to happen. And she knows that they're building Ava to be this bridge to the future that can save humanity and specifically save her son. Yeah. Um, she knows that Sele knows what she knows and that she, her life is in danger. This is all so expressed only- in a director's cut scene that's in right. Death True too with right. Fuyutsuki, right? Uh, yeah, that's in there. It's also stuff in, you know, that was added to the episodes uh, for the director's cuts. And then also there's that short scene in End that's them uh on that one day where yeah. it's her and fiyutsuki and, and shinji um so she is going to in order the only way to protect her son from here on out because she's probably going to be murdered by sele is to partake in this contact experiment and be the one inside unit one to protect him so it's like okay i don't think that was a mistake i think that was very much on purpose um unit two is much more of a hey i think is this how this works let's try and put a pilot in here and then oops it gets sucked in because i don't know they're they're empty vessels i'm sure they crave to be filled with a soul well the the difference is that unit one is made of lilith and unit two is made of adam we don't know what the contact experiment situation was for unit three um or zero zero Um, although it's implied to always be dummy plug like a is there an actual soul in unit zero so just in the wiki (laughs) there is a long thing of like what is in unit zero um is it so and um, when we say the wiki we are talking about ava geeks wiki which is a pillar of information in ava not the fandom wiki ava no which is also out there but you want to if you want to get into the ava wiki scene get to ava geeks that's where it's at Right. Um, there's the theory that it's Ritsuko's mother because she was uh, killed by Ray one or no, she killed herself after killing the first Ray. Oh, that's why she but tries to kill Gendo. 
right but it's not it's not actually they're like here's the what one of the theories is and then here's the reasons why it's not and it's like okay yeah that's debunked um it's likely that it just doesn't have one which is yeah. uh why it's you know difficult to control but since ray is sort of a special case um the other one is that it's this it's ray one um so ray two being the one we see throughout the series and then of course when unit zero gets exploded um to try and save everybody else that that's kind of the recompletion of of uh ray um and i can't remember like three yeah so so two Uh, parts of ray's soul right basically and that's why they couldn't awaken maybe right exactly so and i mean unit zero Mm. is also a prototype yeah but um yeah i think i can't remember because it goes through multiple ones like here is the one and here's why it can't be debunked and why it's probably this one and i think it's ray one that's in there that makes so, sense. I like that. Yeah. I buy it. Right. I mean, we do know that all of the students at Shinji's school do not have mothers. So one assumes that all of their souls were harvested to oh, be yeah. saved, to be put into the cores, which is what the, whenever they're talking about, like we reconfigure the core for this pilot because they do switch pilots for units here and there is basically let's try and move the soul or something, you know, or try to configure it so it acts like the soul that was in there. So that is one thing that's revealed towards the end of the series is that everyone at Shinji school is more of like a candidate program. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We meet Kensuke early on. Who's like, Oh, you're like me. You don't, I don't have a mom either. And then Toji has a dad and a sister, but doesn't have a mom. And it's like, yeah. okay, nobody there does. Um, uh, Hikari doesn't have a mom. She's like, I guess the only time thing we really know is like, she's the one that does the cooking in the family. So it's like, okay, so she doesn't have a mother. She's the class. So she yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah, nobody there has a mom. They're all candidates to be used in case like, Hey, we got another Ava. Let's pop one of these kids in there. They can handle it. So I hope that answers. That's how they got the souls in, uh, contact experiments yeah. as, uh, confusing as those can be. And so the chamber of guff is the is where all the souls come from and where they go. Mm-hmm. And so when they say the chamber of guff is opening, that is everyone entering back into basically right. the seat of life, going back in mm-hmm. to be collected. Uh, in and this, I'm talking about like I did the most cursory look at this page on <laughs> the Ava Wiki. Mm-hmm. Is that it comes guff is body in Hebrew and. Mm-hmm. In Judaic lore, it's like the the room of Guff or chamber of Guff is where all souls that we have originated from and all souls waiting to be born are. Which is referenced by Ritsko in the 23rd episode when explaining how Ray works. She says that the chamber of Guff was empty. There were no souls left. So we had to put somebody else's in here, which is, you know, Lilith, Yui, this whole thing of, you know, putting a soul inside of Ray. Yeah. So it's like, okay, does that mean that there's no more children being born because there are no more souls? Well, no, you're reincarnated, I think is the, the well, idea. If the chamber is empty. There's no souls going back in to come back out. I don't, I don't know. She just says when, you know, talking about the construction of Ray, that the chamber is empty. There's no more. So it's like, okay, interesting. Unless this was just her waxing poetic and philosophical about, you know, the, difficulties they had and all this happening and all the things that they've gone through well Ritsuko is going through some stuff all comes down to how young is Toji's little sister because that would be the youngest character in the series yeah yeah so how old is Pen Pen 
because pen pen <laughs> I was just gonna, from, yeah. I was thinking about saying him. I'm like, nah, I don't want to make a joke here, but you did, and so that made me. Feel that's good. not a joke. That's serious. He's also <laughs> of Lillen, so that's true. When I did show this to another friend in high school, we were halfway through the show, and he's like, I have a theory where this is going. I'm like, all right, cool, lay it on me. He's like, pen pens behind it all. <laughs> all right, and then we got through the whole thing, and he's like, you want to know who came out of that unscathed? Pen pen. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> we only very briefly see Pen Pen too, and it's in it's in the a vision that Shinji's having when he and Asuka are arguing. I think. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Because the coffee gets thrown, broken, whatever, yeah. and he's there in the doorway, just like, oh shit. So we really. So that means Pen Pen was in instrumentality with them. So that's true. That's fair. So. It could all just be a vision. I don't know. Well, Randy, I could talk Ava all night long. And we I'd have like gone, to. we've gone about like three times as long as I thought we were going to. <laughs> we've gone like a full normal episode <laughs> of We Got a Podcast uh, talking about GT here. But we're talking mm-hmm. about Evangelion and we are, there is more to come. So the way these are going to release is basically as Randy and I find the time to record them and then as I find the time to edit them. So they're not going to take the place of our normal episodes. Uh, they're mm-hmm. going to be kind of like additive too. So if you want to watch these and want to listen to them, great. If not, the other stuff's going to be coming out on schedule as normal. Um, these will just be irregular in release. I guess I'll try to make them as regular as I can, but no promises, especially because tons of video games are coming out and we're headed straight <laughs> into the holidays. So I think we can all probably just definitively spare the time for GT. Uh, to go mm-hmm. through with this when we don't want this to get in the way of of that so we're going to continue doing this and this will probably take us through the rest of this year maybe into next year um my idea randy of how i was envisioning doing this is of course we did death true Two and end of ava here because i think it feels right to pair those two i don't think we could talk mm-hmm. about <laughs> just the recap movie <laughs> by itself no uh, <clears throat> i'm thinking we do 1.11 2.22 and then we will do the two specials together which take place between 2.22 and 3.33 so you want to do the first two rebuilds and the specials as one episode for this no 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 i'm sorry okay (laughs) let me recap for you and the audience yes 1.11 its own episode 2.22 its own episode the two specials together one episode which i think will be particularly interesting because randy you and i have not seen those yet because have not no those were japan only and are on the 3.0 plus 1.01 Blu-ray. Yep. So we have not seen them yet. We're saving them for this. (laughs) Yeah. I just got it in the mail two weeks ago, and then I think that's what kicked this off, because I was like, I just got these. I'm going to finally watch these specials. And you said, actually, do you want to do a rewatch with me, and we'll throw the specials in there? I'm like, well, I was going to watch those tonight, but I guess I'll wait. Yeah. (laughs) So I've taken that from you. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, (laughs) that, I don't know how much they're going to be, but that might be a shorter episode, but we're going to do just those by themselves because I guarantee you 2.22 is going to be such a media discussion and 3.33 is going to be such a media discussion that there's really, they need to be their own separate thing. So we'll do yeah. those and then we'll do 3.33 by itself. And then of course we'll cap it off with 3.0 plus 1.01, which should bring us to a total of six episodes in this mini series of a podcast here. So yeah, um, that's about that where sounds I'm exciting at. to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, Randy, unless you have anything else, I think we'll go ahead and give him the, the rigmarole here at the end. I think that's basically it. Although I would like to pitch, and this is just uh, something that you know you can think about, is we're covering these movies that one day we go back and we do the TV series. Okay. I think we get dug in on that one. That could be interesting. I could be yeah. into that. It's, okay. yeah. That's all I had. Yeah. That's all I had. We'll, we'll, 
we'll 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 put that one in the maybe column. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> so, uh, Randy, where can people find you? You can find me at saber underscore breaker on things. I mostly only post on threads, but you know, I might post some things here and there in other places. But uh, you can find me there. Yeah. And of course, you can find me at Detective X on Twitter, uh, at Detective X on Blue Sky, at I think it's the real Detective X on Threads, but I haven't posted on Threads in, <laughs> in who knows how long. So, uh, no thanking Rifty Beats this time, but thank you to Rifty Beats for our main podcast. We really appreciate that. Uh, I've just yeah. included some Wonder Swan and Game Boy music in this one for this episode. So, thank you to Wonder Swan and Game Boy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we don't get content claimed on that. So, uh, as always, guys, thanks for watching. Make sure you review, subscribe, tell your friends, watch our GT review podcast. We've really been enjoying doing those. And we are, we just finished baby and we're kicking it off. We're going into some interstitial stuff and then super 17 and the evil dragons. And then we're going to have to start figuring out at regular episode ideas after that. So, uh, <laughs> thanks as always for watching guys. Catch you. Matinator. Bye. Bye.